Listener Production. Created for expectant parents, new mums, new grandparents, or women thinking about becoming pregnant. This series guides you through the highs and lows of pregnancy, giving birth, and the complexities of parenting. Welcome to Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Midwife Kath, talking about challenges, you have an outstanding little soiree to lead us down today. about uh, a particular person, Adelaide Elliott, who lives in remote Australia. I don't know where. (laughs) She has to explain it to me. Um, So about four and a bit years ago, I had a lady call me for a consultation and when I started talking to her, I'm like, really? Really? And I just love her story. I love her. I think she's an amazing mum with just a separate set of challenges that us city slickers are never confronted with. So Adelaide, thank you so much for talking to us. And Brooke, we're just going to start with... Well, can she explain where she is actually from? I mean, like, we don't... Where are you from, Adelaide? So, Adelaide, where do do you live? Firstly, thank you for asking me to come on. It's It's a um, pleasure, darling. I'm actually quite touched that you thought of me, but, yeah, that's really lovely. Uh, I grew up on a sheep and cattle station in western New South Wales and, ironically, I married a boy on the other side of the highway. So I actually only... (laughs) I never really went that far from home. You only went across the highway. So how big was the the station of your parents? So I grew up on 100,000 acres, sheep sheep and cattle. Right. At the top of, uh, I would say, one of our best seasons at Barkenby, we had, um, I think Dad said we had about 20,000 sheep. Mm. So, um, yeah, and then I went away to school and went overseas and then I came home and, ironically, I met my husband in a sheep yard. Yeah, and then, yeah. So on the map, where actually is it? So uh, if you know where Broken Hill is, um, which most people know where that is on a map, and uh, I live between Broken Hill and Cobar. Cobar is another mining town. I grew up on the Darling River but I actually live on the other side of the highway now, which is the Barrier Highway. So so you, so, yeah. so for how far, how long does it take you to get into Mildura? Okay, so Mildura, if I go around the bitumen, is uh, oh, with a baby, it's about six and a half to seven hours. Normally oh it's about God. six if you can do it straight. Yeah. Um, if we came down the back way through a lot of dirt roads and a lot of them at the moment aren't really nice, mm. just due to the traffic and the weather conditions we're having, yeah. we can only really knock off half an hour. Yeah. So it's like five and a half hours. So I had all my um, obstetrics um, and uh, our eldest daughter's paediatricians down here as well. And I have some family that live down here. So it worked a bit easier to come down here. For to, all your medical care. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just because they've got a special care nursery. Um, they've got the ability for specialists down here as well as um, like a like x-rays and ultrasound right. and stuff like just that. just a bit yeah. more, yeah. Kath, I, I feel like I'll just add something here in terms of, I mean, you've just blown me out of the water, Adelaide. I always claimed to be a country girl um, and I grew up 40 minutes out of our closest town. So, yeah. you, know, that, that's, you know, that's where our property <laughs> was, 40 minutes yeah. out. You're, you're six hours from Mildrua. Your closest town would be... Cobar. And Cobar. Is that the back of Burke? We're talking no, about back at Bur- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, at that direction. You're it in is. the right direction. Don't laugh yeah. at me. I thought you were being yeah, funny. No, no, no. no. Yeah, no. no I'm not funny. And I am Burke funny. are close together. Yeah, so, yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, how many children do you have? 
Um, Ali's our oldest. She's four years old. And um, then we just had little Georgia six weeks ago. Yeah. So yeah. when I first spoke to you, Adelaide, one of the first jaw-dropping <laughs> sentences you said to me when I was doing a medical history and I said, um, who is your GP? And your answer was the flying doctor service. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> and to us in the city... Uh, I just find that astounding, you know, that the resilience you must have as a mum and as a woman to live on the land and to parents in such an isolated area where, you know, everything's so easy in the city. We can go down the street, we can buy something. And I know if you need formula, if you need something for the babies and nappy. Yeah, I mean, we had this conversation the other day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kat talks yeah. about, you know, people, you know, babies, we, we joke, babies getting hiccups and we rush them into the, you know, to the emergency. Mm. So do you want to, so what, what is yeah, your so, circumstance? Yeah, so uh, look, I can talk in the, in, in the sense of Ali when Ali was little mm. and um, she had been quite unwell. You ring the flying doctor, have a 24-hour emergency line um, and you speak to a doctor on call there. That doctor, in a lot of ways, you can only give them symptomatic stuff over the phone and then they've got to give you whether you get in the car and you drive to town or they send a plane out to retrieve you. And do they just land in your backyard? No, they used to be able to land on most of our airstrips because most properties have an airstrip. Right. It's not sealed or anything, but it's generally got a windsock and it's measured and they know, you know, things like that. But now with the regulations, they can't sort of do that as much and they need to be on better strips. So our closest strip that they could land on that's long enough is probably still an hour away for them to safely do it. So you ring the flying doctor. Um, now with technology, we can send them photos through on our phone on what yeah. they look like or take a video or things like that. And then... But your we reception's all, not all yeah. that good either, is it? You know? No. 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 Yeah. So, so we generally, if you take a photo, you need to go and stand outside on top of the veranda and... <laughs> Twist your arm and your leg to try and get the, enough service to send it, yeah. Uh, like, can you give an example about when you've actually had to call the flying doctor for, like, Ali or hopefully oh, not Georgia because yeah. she's six weeks old? But Yeah, a couple of incidents with um, Ali. So she ended up um, with really bad ear, nose and throat problems um, that led to sleep apnea and, and quite... Um, yeah, quite a few mm. problems with it. Um, and she was, one particular night, she screamed and screamed and my husband's like, what are we going to do? And so we called the flying doctor and he could hear her screaming and then we took a video of her and emailed it to him and he watched it quickly and rang us back and said, look, I think she's got... Um, <coughs> It's a. It's got something to do with the ears, and so um, on remote stations that are serviced by the flying doctor, we have what we call a medical chest, and in that medical chest, everything's numbered, and so they can say to you, right, we'll go in and get number twenty-seven, and you fill out a consult thing, you go to the medical chest, you pull out, and I think it was amoxicillin from memory, and we pulled it out and drew it up, and then. He then rang us, so we gave Ali that that night. The next doctor on call rang us the following morning to see how she was going and then she got a bit worse, so they said to us, right, you really need to come to town, we really need to see her. But, yeah, so we ring and you ring with your problems. Like, um, it's it's a bit harder for them when it's things like that, but when it's accidents they sort of um, 
yeah, they can tell you exactly how to do stuff. Okay, so when you have um, you have to give amoxicillin, you have to draw it up and then mix it up. Yep. Um, yep. Do you ever have to give it as an injection or is it just as medicine? No, as no medicine? Ge- generally as medicine, yeah. um, but we are taught um, there is like all the literature inside the box to tell us if we, like we've had accidents where we've had to administer morphine and stuff on the doctor's instructions yeah. and that's heavily regulated. Like you've got to have lots of numbers and stuff to yeah. do that with. Yeah. But um, That's incredible. So who yeah. teaches you that? Do you have someone come around remotely? No, not really. There's a literature in there that says where you've got to give oh, it. Gosh. The doctor says where you've got to give it and um, nine tenths, it's... I try and look at it as the way is if we can give it to Horses. animals. I agree. Or, or, exactly. It's <laughs> Do you know what similar. I was just thinking that? I've, as it's either in the muscle or in the vein. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And in a case like that, you've just got to get got in to and get it. it done. Yeah, that's yep. right. Yep. Does that stress you out that, you know, if the kids are sick? And, I know it does. It's a silly question because illness stresses us all out, but you've got an extra. Like uh, we're remote, but I don't think we are as remote as say somebody in the Territory mm. um, or somebody in far North Queensland or Western Queensland, it stressed me out more as a first-time mum. This time around, I think I knew what I was in for Yeah, and I'm not panicking as much. Yeah. And look, yeah. you know, take a ticket. We're all like that. Eva and I was like that too. Yeah. And Even it's, if you've got a hospital at your back door. Well, exactly. Yeah. And you know what you're doing. You know, it's yeah. still hard because you're tired and you're sleep deprived. And Ellie didn't sleep that well. Nope. No. <laughs> so what that you, was an optional extra in life. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what do you do if you're sleep deprived and you're out there by yourself? Like... Um, in the case of us, our in-laws still live on the property. So uh, when Ali was really little, my mother-in-law might come over and just sit there and watch her while yeah. I try and catch a camp for five minutes, but not very often. Yeah, look, you just got to suck it up. Yeah. You haven't got time to not, like you've got men coming in for meals, you know, there's either something the shearing? Going. Yep, we, sh- we finished shearing last week. Oh, you had it go? Because I know you're worried about the... The, the sheep coming in, how it was with yeah, the drought look, and everything? Yeah, look, they came in, surprised us a bit more about how many came in. Yeah. Um, more than what we probably expected oh, to that's survive. Yeah. So it is what it is at the moment, unfortunately. It's not much we can do about it. It's Mother Nature's just got her cranky pants on. She yeah. has to get herself sorted out. And yeah. how how is water, you know, like... It's not great. No. It's not great. So, so I, you know, how I talk about the bath every night and, yeah. um, you know, we... That's a struggle for me. It's, it's a struggle. I, because Why? I've can got you... to do... Well, I can't... So we have a bath and as much as Ali loves baths, I can't use it because it uses too much water. Um, where do you, so can you explain Adelaide qu- where, yeah. where you get your water from first? Like, do you have a river? It's, do you got a what do you got? It's just um, yeah, surface water that's come from there, and it sort of goes into a, a what we call a ground tank or, or a dam. Yeah, because so, I remember when we first talked. Yeah. I mean, that, other than you know, once I got off the ground after you'd said that your GP was the the um, flying doctor, and then we talked about bathing, and I can remember, I can clearly remember you saying. Well, I can't bath every night. And I said, "What's why?" And you said, "Well, we actually don't have any water." No, now, we didn't. For, for we that, didn't when Ali was born. That was for sure. That was just, you know, for me, it was like, "Oh my God, you're living in another world to me." I don't have the luxury of just like most people do who live in town or in a city. Yeah. And go and turn a tap on. Like if I'm doing the washing, I need to look at the overhead tank, which I can see from out my kitchen window, to make sure that I've got enough water in that tank to do the loads of washing. Because if I don't, then the tank runs empty. I, 
as it would, but then all the dirt will come with the next lot of water. So mm. I don't like to let it get completely empty. Mm. But when Ali was born, we had no water. Like we were carting water every day. Where do you cart and your water from, Adelaide? Well, thankfully, our next door neighbours got a bore. Our closest bore's about 60 k's from the house, and it's not potable for human consumption. Why is that? So it's, it's just, just too salty. Mm, it's yeah. like a salt. It's saltier than the sea. Yeah. It's um, you like you wouldn't get a lather up with soap. It doesn't have a great smell about it. It's quite got. A, quite a bit of a mineral content to it. Mm. It's yuck. Yep. It's gross. Um, so, yeah, when that happened, it uh, it sort of threw a spanner in the works and Kath's like, yep, need to do the bath, bottle, bed. That's how it goes, isn't it, Kath? Yep, that's right. I got it on the wrong No, no, don't it's worry, I'll get it in the wrong way too, the BBB. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a BBB. Sometimes it's yeah. a bottle first. No, no, yeah, as yeah, in a yeah. bottle of wine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Put a straw on it. Yes. Um, but, um, yeah, so I had to, I said to my husband, like, what can I do? And so we started using rainwater and I would boil the kettle and put rainwater into my laundry tub, which is, I've got quite a deep laundry tub, and I was doing that, and um, yeah, until we, it rained enough. And Georgia, it's okay, baby. Shh, just a bit unsettled. That's okay. Um, yeah, so. So, did you have any good times, you know, in the past, with rain in the past four years? Um, so, we had, um, we had two years probably of. I wouldn't say they were great years, but we had water. Yeah. Um, and we've had been able to sort of had some stock, but sort of the last 18 months to two years, it's really gone downhill again. What about yeah. just drinking water? As you said, you know. Bottled water. You have I've to, got to get use bottled water. That's incredible in terms of a challenge. I mean, you know, that puts in things into perspective. Like that's a very unique set of circumstances for, I mean, there will be p- people out there that can a- appreciate what you're going through, Adelaide, but a lot of people would never have thought that that be, would ever be an issue. Yeah, just you know, not having... Look, you know, I'm. I love washing my clothes. You know, after every day, and, and I that's never just... wash whites at home. I never wash whites at home. No. I love white, but I always. Well, you wouldn't want to wear it with town. After that photo you sent me of the dust storm, how bad was that? Oh well, we've had another four since then. Oh right. Um, yeah. And yeah, what really what does that look like? And and what's the impact just of orange. that? It's just, just like a wave, isn't it? It's like it a... looks. People say to me, "What does the dust storm look like?" I'm oh, like, Armageddon. Um, yep. It's everything goes orange, um, because of being red dirt. But mm. everything's orange. We have a sort of a transport that's about ten years old, and people think dust can't get into new houses. Well, let me tell you, it can, <laughs> and it does. And at the moment, I'm to the point I'm sick of dust and vacuuming up stuff. So we had the air conditioners on the other day. I thought it would pressurise the house. The storm hit at about 11 o'clock at night. I just got George to sleep and I was like, oh, my God, and it just <laughs> sucked <laughs> through the door. Oh, my and God. it was like I'd go it was mental. that thick you could write your name in it and that yeah. happened in about 15 minutes. Oh, my dear. Um, and it's just for all of us out there, out in the west at the moment, it's uh, people are only seeing it when it hits the capitals. Yes. We're having it two, three times a week. The really bad ones, um, like the one that hit Sydney the other day, we yes. had that for probably four days. We had constant dust. You've got to get a Dyson, babe. 
I have one. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter. How, yeah, <laughs> doesn't means, matter. It doesn't means, matter how much you do, mate. It just you. So what does the it. what's the top temperature you get to out there in the summer? Yeah, like last summer we had a day. Even though it doesn't come up on you know the Bureau Jane of Meteorology, yeah, it's yeah. like forty eight. Yeah, oh, God. easy. Your husband, with his, yeah. um, you know, running the station, yeah. so does he um, go away for days or, you know? It depends run- if he's working for other people, if he's doing contract work. Yeah. Um, he tries not to be away. He'll be away all day. So he'll leave at like 4 o'clock in the morning and he won't be home till 8, 9 o'clock at night. And there's, you know, there's weeks of that where he's not actually there. He's sleeping at home and he's eating at home, but we're not you actually don't see him. Yeah. Yeah. We're not seeing him very much. Yeah. So we do have that. We have periods of that. A lot of the time when he's working around the station, which he's there most of the time, um, he gets up and leaves early in the morning and he'll come in for lunch. Do you get lonely, Adelaide? People have asked me that. Um, I suppose, Kath, because I grew up with it and it was the lifestyle that I um, lived that I don't necessarily get lonely. I get sometimes I just want to... Um, I just want to talk to someone as I'm mm. quite a chatty person anyway. <laughs> you are. And a lot of times I'll just ring a girlfriend up and we'll talk crap for half an hour and that's great. And How, how close are, the, are, the, are your neighbours? So I've got one neighbour that lives relatively close for people around here. Um, she's only about oh, 20 k's away. Yeah, right. Um, from house to house. Mm. Um but then my other neighbours are sort of like, uh, you know, Hours. half an hour, uh, 40 yeah. minutes, mm. hour. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what about schooling with the kids? Do they yes. – I know that's down the track, but – So Ali will start preschool, school of the year next year. Oh. Preschool, um, school of the year. Come oh, on. What does that involve? Wow. I mean, tell, explain to people what that so, involves. Well, when I – because I did school of the year, but yeah. when I did correspondence, they'd only uh, – it was just sent out preschool paperwork. And a lot of that will be the case. But towards the end of next year, I think that they will start to hook up the computer systems and that. Because when I did school of the year, it was done through a radio. and you Over and out. Yeah, okay, that's, Charlie. that's exactly <laughs> how it was. I know. Yeah. And um, now it's – it's all through computer screens. So wow. they can see the teacher, they can... Uh, yeah, internet connection. Satellite broadband. Um, Cost your fortune. Uh, yeah, it's not exactly cheap and at times it's not very fast. It depends on weather, like, and because we've been having so many dust storms and the cloud cover and that, it really slows up. But it is what it is and we live with it and, yeah. Mm. So the girls will do school of school the year, year yep. for till when? Till year six, and then they'll go to boarding school. Right. And where's that? In Mildura? No, no, there's no boarding schools down here. I don't know. My husband went to a country boarding school in New South Wales. Yeah. Um, Where did you go to school? Well, I actually had learning difficulties, and my mum being a teacher, uh, and I'm the eldest of three girls, and we're 14, 15, 16, so we're all sort of straight at you. You know, like there's 13 months between me and my middle sister and 16 months between the next two. So we were all very close in age and so mum, instead of them sending us all to boarding school, which would have cost them a new property, mm. yeah. they mum decided to take us to town and teach and so we went to the Hunter Valley and I went to high school there. Oh, great. And then, um, 
Yeah, but my husband went to a boarding school. I would prefer to go to a country boarding school with the girls. Yeah. Um, just to grow up with all sort of the values and opportunities that we had. Yeah. With riding for the school, um, like horse riding for the school and doing like agricultural classes and leading cattle and stuff like that. Both Matt and I <laughs> did that and I would like that for our girls. Adelaide, can I ask, in terms of the kids going to school there up until grade six, <laughs> can you just paint a picture for people um, who haven't got exposure to school there about um, how much contact um, the girls will have with other kids that, you know, do you meet once or twice or four times a year in a, in a town? Yeah, to- no, so they do quite a bit school of the year does now it's probably a little bit different to what it was when I was um, a in school of the year there's probably a bit more meeting times up so they have like mini schools where within the term all the kids can go to somebody's property and they do school-based activities and sport activities and stuff like that with the teachers and then there's uh, what they call classroom where you go into town and most of the kids from your class will be in town on that day mm-hmm. and you'll meet at the school of the air base. Um, they do try to, like you have the regular athletic swimming carnivals, those sorts of things, <laughs> but relatively you're not, um, yeah, you don't see your class. Well, you do see your classmates every day because they're on a screen, screen yeah, that's but not right. physically, no. No. And yeah. activities, you know, how do you, how do you manage with Ali as far oh. as... I struggle a bit. Uh, To go to Toy Library for us at times can be a two-hour drive just to take it to a playgroup, like a mother's group sort of thing. So that can be a bit frustrating at times, but we drive two hours into town for swimming lessons. You know, we drove two and a half hours the other day for her to go to a horse riding thing. You can do whatever you want, but you've just got to be prepared to travel. Kathy, you know, we're talking about the challenges, the unique challenges that, you know, we, we, we all have challenges in common as parents and then we've got the unique ones and Adelaide, your story is really unique. <laughs> what about, um, Kath and Adelaide, you talk about the differences when you're actually falling pregnant. I mean, the access oh. to... Can you take us through that? Yeah, like, you actually, know? yeah. So um, I, with both of our girls, um, I have endometriosis so I don't naturally fall pregnant easily anyway and had quite a few troubles trying to fall pregnant with both the girls. Um, I did ovulation inductions and things like that, and that's even a drama oh itself. Oh, my gosh. Because What's just, that? Well, you so just have to have injections and, yeah. and, and you know, medications. So you've got to needle yourself. So anyone yeah. who does IVF, majority of ladies who do IVF <coughs> will have to needle themselves. Um, needling yourself. I don't care what anyone says, is crap. Um, <laughs> it's crap, I'm sure. It's, it's just horrible. Yeah. Um, I love giving people needles, though, just on the I side. I can give do them. You? Yeah, I, I do. can give them. Yeah, I, I bet you can. I like giving them to myself. <laughs> it's, not, it's not great because you know it's like ripping a Band-Aid off. You know oh, it's like, my God. ah, it's going to hurt, I'm sure. Psych yourself up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I had to do that. Then you'd have to have bloods taken, so you'd have to drive the two or whatever hours into town, get blood taken, hope that that blood would make it to the pathology place on time in to get to the oh. results to get to Adelaide within 24 hours for them to ring me to tell me what other tablets or, or what, what needles yes, I had to take. That's right. Then I'd have to go for scans, being remote. You'd mm. have to drive quite a distance for scans to, for, to check for follicles or things like that. So it just, yeah. It's the tyranny not, of distance plays again. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And well, the yeah, isolation. Sure. And, yeah. well, that's it's great that you've got, Two babies, but yeah, it's it's work, blessed. isn't it? Yeah, very blessed, and yeah. we're very lucky. And there's plenty of people that can't, and I'm yeah. very thankful for the two that we do have. Yeah, for sure. yeah. So. so you love it, don't you? 
Kath, oh. I mean, Kath wants to come out and visit, but, I mean, <laughs> we talked about the challenges and everything, but it really... As long as there's no snakes. It's a... <laughs> It's, I don't like him either, Kath. Oh, good. Don't panic, okay. mate. <laughs> Can you shoot a gun, Kath? Oh, no, oh, you're not No, no, not allowed to shoot guns, gun. but I could. No. I'd love to. <laughs> We've got plenty of shovels at every door, so you just oh, land Oh, my God. Shovel. Shovels. But, oh. but as you said, Adelaide, earlier, this is this lifestyle is all you have ever known. It's in your blood. I mean, it, and it is an absolute joy, isn't it? I am just blessed that I get to bring my girls up the way I was brought up. Mm, yeah. yeah. You yeah. had a beautiful childhood. And yeah. I think anyone who's ever been, you know, who's ever grown up in some little some country, country town, exactly. or we can really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate yeah. that too. Yeah. yeah, Adelaide, thank you so much. And I know it's been a juggling act um, to... <laughs> I'm sorry. That you've no, you've done so well. No, no, they're beautiful, but you've done so well. Um, thank you. And good for you. <laughs> well, you're an amazing Australian and I hope it rains plenty. Thank you so much. And, yeah, thanks, Brooke. And, oh. yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. This has been Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Executive producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and music by Matt Nikolic. Listener.